It is Monday, February 19. This is the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. A very good morning to you if you're just tuning in. Uh, Jason Day trying to make a charge here at the Genesis Invitational in the final round. Uh, he was one under through his round, but he's dropped a shot. So he's even through six holes, 10 under par for the tournament, five shots off the lead. Luke List, the American, leads at 15 under. As it stands, we saw this morning Alex Demonor go down in the final of the ATP event in Rotterdam. He's lost to Yannick Sinner, the Australian Open champion, 7-5-6-4, the score in that match. Premier League overnight, Man U beat Luton 2-1, Brighton 1 at Sheffield United 5-0. Mossy's coming up in half an hour's time. But we had NRL trials for the pre-season challenge matches yesterday. The Tigers beat the Warriors 18-16 in Christchurch. And then a couple of Queensland derbies yesterday and last night. Brisbane beat the Cowboys 46-20 in Mackay. And the Dolphins beat the Titans at the sunny coast 26-14 in that match. Herbie Farnworth crossed early. Uh, the Titans certainly caused, well, I guess, couldn't say a scare being a trial, but certainly held their own against uh, more accomplished opponents, at least on paper, in that match at the Sunny Coach. G'day, Buzz. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Enjoyed what we have, eight trials, Fox Sports, all live. Um, yeah, enjoyed the footy, mate. Yeah, it was good to see the footy back on, Buzz, but there was some um, talking points to come out of the game. And let's, uh, out of the game, but let's start with Dom Young. On Saturday, we didn't think it was going to be too serious after hearing that he was okay, but it looks like he's been ruled out of this first game over there in Vegas. What's the the latest update on him? Yeah, it's particularly disappointing, not just for the player, Laurie, but I think the American fans, this is the sort of player they'll turn up and watch their televisions. He's so spectacular, he's so flamboyant, and um, yeah, it's a a real blow for, uh, for the game over there. Uh, look, he was the victim of a crusher tackle. I don't want to be too heavy on Toff Sipley, the Manly Seagulls player. He's facing a three-week ban, but look, I don't think there was any real nastiness or intent, mm. or I'm sure there wasn't in the tackle, but it was one of those ones that went wrong. He was in a dangerous position. And look, um, Dom Young was taken off to the local hospital on the central coast and initial x-rays cleared him of any major problem but uh, the roosters wanted to double check it they sent him for mri scans yesterday when he was back in sydney and it's shown up uh, ligament damage uh, quite serious ligament damage in his neck um a rooster official told me last night that it may even require surgery to repair. Wow. Thankfully, it, I, they don't see it as a long-term recovery and their round two or three game was still about a month away, so they're hopeful that he might still be a chance of playing there. Um, yeah, really, um, yeah, it was, it was a disappointing thing to happen because, um, yeah, no one... It's the danger of playing trials, isn't it? And um, there's been a debate. Do you play your stars? And look, the Roosters needed to hit out. They they used a lot of their good players. And understandably, Trent Robinson wanted to see Dom Young in his first game, um, getting used to his new teammates. And But it's, it, it's turned out really poor for the club. Buzz, yeah, as you said, they are only trials. But what was your take for the Dogs and the Tigers? Really, look, 
I, I was explained to Bulldog and Ray yesterday. I went back over trial results last year, and teams that were winning trials finished up, you know, down near the bottom of the ladder, and teams that lost trials, you know, did really well. Um, but for clubs like the West Tigers and Bulldogs, West Tigers 18 beat uh, the Warriors 16, the Bulldogs had a 24-12 win over the Storm. For these two clubs that have struggled for years and years, these results were really, really important for confidence, for Cameron Serraldo to, you know, to, to have his players in the right frame of mind. One more trial, they play the Sharks next week. And for Benji Marshall, he had to get off to a good start. They've won two straight wooden spoons. I like what I saw. I only saw patches of that game, but any win for them. Um, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, I heard you talk about him mm. earlier um, in the Warriors side. He's just going to make them more of a power force this year. He was terrific. Um, yeah, that, as I said, they're only trials, but these two sides particularly needed the wins for confidence, and uh, they both did it. Uh, reasonably well. I'll tell you what else was good in that game yesterday, Buzz, was the amount of people there at Christchurch supporting the oh, Warriors. Sorry. It was a, yeah, for a trial to be sold out. Uh, it's like rugby league in New Zealand off the back of what the Warriors did last year. I'm, I'm hoping they can have another good year because that can only be good for the game. Well, how does the Christchurch Bears sound to you? Uh, you know what, we're talking and I think PMG are just about over the line to uh, become the 18th side and based out of Cairns and I cannot um, disagree with anything Peter Volandis has done in expansion. You look, it was him who pushed so hard for the Dolphins to enter the competition. Mm. But I think that sellout crowd, as you're saying, showed the hunger for more professional NRL in New Zealand, and I don't think at all they'll lead into the Warriors fan base. Um, I would personally, if it was my choice, be going for a Christchurch side as the next as the 18th team. I really would. And well, I had a Kiwi you. mate of mine text me yesterday, and he's yeah, you know, he follows Union, and he was saying that even for the Super Rugby, he said they they would they, they've struggled to sell out. Hmm. A rugby game mm. over there in, in the super rugby competition. Yet the Warriors take one, and I know it's only a trial game and one game, but it's good signs, isn't it? And rugby league will never overtake rugby union in New Zealand, by the way, but it's just good that people are supporting that team in that country. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Laurie. Not in the foreseeable future will uh, league overtake rugby union, but you look at the state of the game here in Australia and their Super 15 competition is so reliant on having good, powerful franchises here. And then you guys have read the stories about Melbourne Storm. Uh, Melbourne, Melbourne Rebels, Rebels yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're about the fault. Um, Perth came back in. So I think they are a little bit vulnerable. Um, rugby, uh, look, I've never seen the Warriors take the strides they made last year. And as you say, to sell out a trial game in that country, it's it's enormous for the future of expansion. If they don't become the 18th team, I'm absolutely certain down the track when we go to 20 teams, which will happen, we will definitely need a second team in New Zealand. Tell us why the Raiders are upset, Buzz. Well, it's not just the Raiders and the Roosters. And Jeez, it looks like they've got a case to me. Last week, 
The South Sydney Rabbitohs were told they could take Jacob Gagai to Las Vegas for the uh, season opener. Okay. Now, the Raiders had... Um, and he was allowed to use the All-Stars game as a, a week of a suspension he, that was, he owed, okay? Mm. Now, the Raiders tried to do the same thing with Sebastian Chris. Um, who was desperately keen to pay for the Maori All-Stars. Now, this would have made him available for the opening round of the competition. I think the Raiders play the Knights. But the NRL knocked him back and said, no, this game does not count. Now, the same with Jared Wirra-Hargreaves. He wanted to work off a week of his suspension in this game. They said no. Wrote a story. I'm not saying double set. I just want answers from the NRL why they've let one player use it, but they haven't let another. Do you, are you as baffled as I am? I, I, well, I am, Buzz. Yeah, because yeah. I, 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 I thought that if you allow one to miss a game, yeah, it sounds inconsistent. It, it, it just sounds like you've got to yeah. allow everyone, mm-hmm. if they're going to be a part of that game, to take that off their suspension. That's the way I, I would have seen it, but. I'm unsure Laurie, of the reasoning need, behind they, it. They need a hard and fast rule for every player. There's 600 players in the NRL. Mm. If you're a contender or if you're going to be picked for this game, it either stands for a week's suspension or it doesn't. Mm. And you can't treat cases differently. I'll tell you something. South have got a lot of back five injury issues and... Um, I'm really, really happy, and Jack Whiten, of course, suspended. Mm. I'm really pleased that Jacob Gagai's going to Las Vegas. I don't have a, but I think I'd like to see Sebastian Chris play the opening round. Mm. I think I'd like to see Jared too, if he was available. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Jared. You know? Wouldn't he be a favourite? Well, well over mind? there, when you're selling a game, like you, you want your, well, you do, you want your best players, don't you? It just adds to the spectacle. But, yeah, but forget Las Vegas. It's about every player and every club being treated the same. And I, I think it's um, the Raiders are going to complain to the NRL today and ask for a clarification, and so are the Roosters. And I can understand, and they'll be really hanging out for Andrew uh, Abdo's response to the two clubs. Now, if they were going to ring and make a complaint, would they have to do it through this new NRL hotline <laughs> or helpline? <laughs> Tell me a no, little bit no. about this, Buzz. No. Yeah, have you read the story? I, um... I did, yeah. But, mate, I, I was saying to Mido earlier, is, isn't that what the Players Association is there for anyway, if you've got a complaint to go through them and they take it up with the NRL? Yeah. Look, I, I guess so. I think, Laurie, when you can do it more privately, more discreetly, more confidentially... Um, I think players will be prepared to raise issues of concern rather than have to go to the association. You know yep. as well as I do, and I think I've argued you. I had an argument with James Graham on television about this last year. Players in rugby league are not machines. They are human and they have weaknesses like all of us in the workplace mm. when things can... So, but they're seen as soft. They're not tough enough 
if they complain about certain situations. So I actually like the fact that they can pick up the phone and they can report a concerning incident. Were Manly players concerned when poor old Keith Titmus passed away from heat exhaustion? Would I, I don't know. Um, what about the Cronulla peptide scandal? I know for a fact that Dr David Gibney was worried all those years ago about some of the practices. He complained to people that nothing was done about it. Mm. And he ended up leaving. So it's an avenue for him. It's an avenue for Dr Nathan Gibbs, the number one sports medico in this country, when he was not happy about the high-performance practices at Manly, he complained to the coach, he complained to the CEO about it, it fell on deaf ears, and he left the... And Rugby League lost Nathan Gibbs. You know how good Nathan Gibbs is. Mm. So the welfare kid who was made to wrestle every player when he was late for training, he's left the game on mental health issues. Do we just say, oh, not tough enough? Or does he ring this helpline and the NRL and the RLPA probably, pro properly investigate what happened rather than sweep it under the carpet? Laurie, I know we're not back to where you were playing and, mm -hmm. and you know, mental health is a really big issue in society now. And not all players are as tough as others and some just can't... I don't know. Yeah, it's, Does it, it make sense after yeah, I, I've just spoken? Like yeah, I, I, look, I understand where you're coming from, but again, I might be stuck in my ways too because I, I can only see this creating more A lot more of ex-players are, mate. Yeah. A lot of it, great old ex-players mm. are, and I understand that. But I'm talking here more as a partner. Clarky, what do you think? I'm letting this go to the keeper. None of my business. Yeah, well, there you Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, it's, yeah, I'll worry about it when it's in I, my I sport, think if you've got a... It's hard for me to make a call a, on this. A, a legitimate complaint. I, I think that, um, yeah, I, you should be protected in, in the workplace yeah. But I can but see I can, can see instances, too, yeah. Buzz, where moving forward, like a coach might say something to a player at half time. Like yeah. if he says to him, mate, you've been a lazy oh. bastard. Yeah. Is yeah, that... well, they'd probably wipe it as a frivolous complaint, mate. You right. Know? right. Middle, who, who, who that, that's all I'd be Buzz, worried about, Buzz, those type of things. Who are, they yeah, who are they calling as well, Buzz, on this line, on this, this, this new hot a, An independent... An independent NRL RLPA appointed person. So you would assume then... they can never just let anything go. Whatever the complaint is, that no. has to be taken up. Nothing can be let yeah. go. Mida, how yep. long ago was there all that backroom drama with the Matildas? It was a really, really serious oh, story. Yeah, 20, it was three, four years. 2019. Yeah. No, I think it was, it was pre-COVID. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what yeah. I'm saying, if there was this facility available to female soccer players at the elite level, could that have been short circuit? Could it have not then dragged on for years and become a massive, massive brand damaging story? If one or two of the girls could have picked up the phone, I, you know, 
Um, the yeah, I, I, the I, I, I get all that, Buzz. I, I get all that. The one that I'd be sort of more concerned about is the the, the analogy I, I, I suppose I put to you before where you said, yep, frivolous, which I think would be too, but if you're going to have that helpline there, they would then have, have to, to investigate it. Nothing's frivolous, yeah. Laws. If, yeah. if somebody's ringing that line, that's exactly the... Exactly right. Laws, did you like every part of preseason? No. Did you get pushed sometimes yes. in a way that it didn't... Your body, mate, you get lactic acid in your body. You collapse, you can't feel your legs. You are fatigued. You have to get up mm. and train because you're trying to get your body to a state that it's not comfortable. If you pick up the phone and call this hotline, mate, there's not a player on the planet that does a preseason that is yep. not pushed outside their comfort zone. But, Buzz, this is why I understand, because of what we've seen uh, recently as well, yeah. it, there can be some really scary consequences too, things like that. So oh, I, horrible, I also understand. Yeah, yeah, I also horrible understand. Horrible consequences, terrible yep. consequences. Yeah, And you know what? I just use that as, as an example of a of a welfare issue in rugby mm. league, and no way was I suggesting that Tom T- Trebojevic might have picked up the phone and said, "Look, there's this training is too hard." Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that, but in light of the fact that we've seen that a great young man can pass away, yeah, correct from heat mm. exhaustion. Yeah, if yep. there are, I want them investigated, and yeah. these guys are. Go to work every day. We know they're playing a sport that most of us, people like me, could never, ever dream of contemplating. And they're, they're big, tough, professional athletes. Oh, any protection we can give them where, and encourage them to express concerns rather than being publicly like Andrew Davey was last year, being labelled soft. And, you know, well, he, how many first-grade games he played. I, I like it. I really do, guys. And, Laurie, I know we'll never mm. agree on it. No, we, we won't. But I, I understand, mate, for, uh, you know, ser- serious complaints and when, when you think you're being hard done by. And But there's, I, I just see it, I don't know, I just see it maybe opening up a can of worms for people just to vent their frustration. It, it, it's rather, modern. It's yeah. modern human resources and health and safety, though. Yeah, um, no, I, I get all the, that. the world's changed in that way. Yeah, no, exactly That's right. why I decided to speak so nicely to Clarky um, this year, because <laughs> oh. I don't want him running. No, I don't running. like it when you say, two... I, I, no, I wish I had that hotline. Well. I would have made a million complaints <laughs> last year about you, Buzz. Oh, please. I wish Clarky. I had this hotline. <laughs> oh, mate, you're just dirty. That We haven't had a blue yet, and we haven't been the Daily Mail, but look. Oh, mate. It's early days, mate. Do me a favour and keep me out of your paper, please. Hey, I reckon you like it. I reckon you've got a scrapbook at home. You reckon and I like what? Scrap. Which part? I reckon you got a scrapbook. Scrap. Well, re- well, let me tell you, yes. you're wrong. <laughs> Scrap might be the ultimate word there, though. Uh, it's great that we haven't seen yourself or Lozbuzz in that line outside the US consulate, wherever it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm worried about Laurie's bulldog in Vegas. But anyway. I, I, Buzz, I'll be, I'll be on my best behaviour. I'll yeah, be on my sure. be- I tell you what, where the world's gone mad, hmm. and I know we're going to get to the 7.30 years. Mate, what about this Australian equestrian bike that they've stood down? <laughs> what about him? Mate, please. <laughs> yeah. He's having a bit of fun. Yeah. 
Well, with your colourful history, you can see this fun. <laughs> it's a bit more disappointing oh, to us than inappropriate. Anyone who gets their gear off. Don't become the fun the police, Buzz. Come on. Yeah. Make sure you shower tonight with your Speedos on, Buzz. You wouldn't want to see yourself naked. Keep I've, your Speedos on. I shower in a rashy and board shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See you, mate. Thanks, Buzz. Right. See you, buddy. See you, guys. Ta-da. Book your tickets to the Trackside Garden Party on Gosford Race Day, Saturday, 24th of February. That is this coming Saturday. Go into the draw to win a double pass to Rock of the Races 2024. Just head to the Entertainment Grounds website to book. That's www.theentertainmentgrounds.com.au. Uh, Phil Moss and Ali Mosley coming up in the next half an hour's time. And on the text line, Steve-O at Lennox Head has nominated Ali Mosley as his hero. Uh, Canterbury to Tuca, race one, $17 in the first after linebacker was scratched. And Angel Fund at $21 in race four. Uh, that would have been Friday night. Villain is Kenny at the Bolo, who always packs horse seven, except for Flemington, race nine on Saturday. Have a top week. Good on you, Steve-O. And no doubt, yep, Macram, that would have been uh, number seven in race nine at Flemington, which won at 100 to one, of course, beating Jimmy Starr, which what jumped oh, around the dollar twenty mark, dollar twenty two on Saturday. Uh, hero is Shane Rose. And uh, earlier this year, Valtteri Bottas competed in a cycling race and a budgie smuggler. It was hilarious. And for those who missed it earlier, Shane Rose is the three-time Olympian who's also won three Olympic medals, a couple of silver and a bronze, who's been stood down from competition by Equestrian Australia. He went in a fancy dress event last weekend in the Southern Highlands, south of Sydney there, and he was in an orange mankini. Someone has complained. And, That's uh, unbelievable. Equestrian Australia have just stood him down from competition for the moment, So, but it could put his Paris hopes in jeopardy as he looks to go to a fourth Olympic Games. An incredible story. Never thought we'd be talking too much equestrian on the Big Sports Breakfast, but there it is. If he misses an Olympic Games because of that, Outrage. the world has gone crazy. It's officially mad, isn't it? Well, do they put rules around, like, you, I'm sure when you say fancy dress, that there's no rules. It doesn't say fancy yeah. dress, but you can't wear a G-string, or you can't wear Speedos, or you can't wear, what's it called, what he's wearing? Mankini. Well, Mankini. Like, unless it says that, I don't know how he's broken a rule. Like, especially today, in today's society where you can't call he, he, or she, she. Like, there's so many rules, yet all of a sudden, we look different now naked, do we? Like, you take your clothes off in, to get the shower every day. It's, it's not like you haven't seen a naked body before. And he has, he's got something on. Like, why, why wearing a bikini to the beach or a G-string to the beach or Speedos to the beach? Why, why is it different today? Why are we, are, We're so messed up. We need to get you on Q&A, I reckon, pup. Yeah. Honestly, mate, it's a joke. Like, mate, <laughs> a penis is still a penis. A vagina is still a vagina. It's okay. It's not illegal to say those words. It's okay. Sex education with Michael Clark. <laughs> mate. <laughs> I don't get it though. Like, why are we? Why are we so? Why are we scared? Like, we're, we're, you know, we're not scared to say, um, you know, to talk about someone's sexuality or, but we're scared to what to see that. Oh my God, he's got, he's still got a piece of material over his penis. Yeah, he's not walking around naked. But I can go to the beach five five minutes from my house, and it's a naked beach. Yep. Th- that's okay. Like, what is wrong with us? 
What are you doing on Friday, Pup? I was going to come over. Probably going to the naked beach. <laughs> <laughs> Watch me go. <laughs> and be loud and proud. Like, it's okay. I showered with no clothes on this morning. Like, give me a break. The same text goes on to say his villain is those who potted Willow's ride on Jimmy. Jimmy's start was tactically perfect. The horse wasn't good enough, says Tabman uh, there. Now... Coming up, and there's a question already for Mossy. Make sure you ask Mossy about the VAR use in the A-League. Once again, leaving fans bewildered after the Wanderers match for what it's worth. Leave decisions with the ref. The inter- This interfering or not is absurd, says the Blue Mountains Panda. The VAR, fix it, Mossy. How no, are Mossy, you? hang on. Mossy, before you start, are you clothed? Do you have clothes on? For us to have this conversation, you need clothes on. <laughs> yes, Seriously. I am, Clarkie. Thank what, you. The question is, was I in the shower this morning? No, I wasn't. Well, if you were, I hope you had your Speedos on. <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't want someone to see you naked. Listen, I've, I've got enough issues trying to solve for VAR than about, you know, whether we're clothed in the shower or down the oh, beach or mate. wearing mankinis on horses. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, honestly. Anyway, what do you got for me, Mido? Well, take us through the A-League on the weekend. Um, Mossy and Sydney FC, I know they're, well, they need to keep winning to stay in the top six, but they had a good victory over Adelaide, or was it a good victory over Adelaide? Yes, yes, it was, was. Um, it was a good performance. Um, Robbie Mack back to the starting lineup scored, um, the go ahead. Uh, Fabio scored from the penalty spot, could have had a hat trick, should have had a hat trick before half time, Fabio on another night. Um, but for me, the, the go-to, the talisman in that Sydney FC lineup is Anthony Caceres. And I worked with him years ago. Um, and, um, you know, he's really fulfilled. Mossy, we're going to have to sort that phone line out. Uh, we'll get it sorted shortly and reconnect with Mossy. Uh, and... Uh, Another text here from Paul we'll get to with Mossy as well. How crap did the stadium look at Gosford yesterday after being shredded by the NRL trial the day before? Mm. Uh, so we'll ask Mossy about that as well. And that match yesterday, the Mariners beating the Wanderers 1-0 and VAR certainly uh, on a few texts this morning. So we'll see if we got Mossy back. Mossy, we got you back. Something I said, obviously, about Anthony Caceres, but, uh, yeah, he, he was definitely the star of the show for me. He's, he's just making them click, and uh, it's great to see him fulfilling his potential, but a big three points for Sydney FC. And just this match yesterday, quite a few texts on VAR, uh, how the stadium looked after there was an NR, uh, the ground looked after an NRL trial the day before. Uh, we've also got a, a message here from Paul saying, Two things, or one, for Phil Moss, Jacob Farrell should have been sent off for the foot-breaking tackle on Marcus Antonson uh, yesterday. So, what'd you make of this Mariners Wanderers game overall? Yeah, well, look, I was commentating the MacArthur Wellington game ah, right. at the same time, although although it was um, we were delayed by an hour because of the the lightning out, out west. But um, so I did see some of the highlights of the first half of the Mariners Western Sydney game. I didn't see the VAR if there was any other VAR drama apart from the Jacob Farrell tackle. I saw that clearly. It should have been a red card. I have zero doubt in my mind that given the decisions that we've seen over recent uh, weeks or this season, from a consistency point of view, it should have been a red card. I've got no doubt. And it it wasn't. It was a yellow card and VAR um, didn't overrule that or upgrade it to a red card. And I think that's a a mistake, plain and simple. What do you make of the derby, buddy, the Melbourne derby? Uh, uh, game of chess. 
arm yeah. wrestle, Clarkie, um, you know, it, it desperately needed a goal. We didn't get one. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, not, not one that's going to go down in the annals of uh, great Melbourne derbies. But, um, look, a point for Melbourne City is probably more valuable than Melbourne Victory because they've just had, I think it's 10 draws now uh, this season. If you're going to challenge for silverware, you've got to be turning those draws into wins because, um, yeah, point, point's no good for them. Let's go overseas and... Uh... Ange Postacoglu's Tottenham. Uh, just now, all of a sudden, you know, the, sh- the gloss has gone off a little bit. Let's face it, Mossy. Uh, he's now down to, f- well, they're fifth in the Premier League, just behind Aston Villa. Want to be finishing ha- ahead of Aston Villa. I know you said they were going to have a good season, and they are, Aston Villa, but Tottenham would be expecting to finish top four, even from this position now. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's been the goal from from day one for Ange. First season is is top four, qualify for the Champions League, um, and yeah, look, the, the gloss has I guess gone off a little bit. But you know, in a season of uh, thirty eight games, um, that's always going to happen at different stages. But um, I, I think the thing with Ange, there's a couple of things. Glenn Hoddle has really come out and questioned their defensive structure, the way they defend, and and how many big chances they concede every game, and that is Angeball. Um, you know, he's done it everywhere he's gone. They, they concede chances um, because they're, they're a little bit open um, in transition to defence because they're so proactive. Um, but they're still, you know, they're still there or thereabouts in, in with a good shot of finishing that top four. I think the damning stat for, the Spur, for Spurs, really, is they haven't scored in the first half in the last five games at home. Um, so that means, you know, they're, they're always relying on sort of second half of games, which you know, some will argue is not a bad thing. You set the foundation in the first half, go on and win them in the second half. Uh, but they certainly need to try and um, get that early go-ahead because that gives them even more confidence and belief in the way Ange wants to play. But um, you certainly couldn't say anything other than they're still having a good season. Um, it started great. It's probably at good now. Um, so he'll be looking for a strong run home. What do you make of Man City? Um, you know, they should have beaten Chelsea. And, yeah, they should have. Yeah, that, that, that is going to cost them at the moment in terms of ladder position. I also saw the Panthers were there to watch them on. Oh, there you go. Was uh, Mary Fowler playing? Oh, no. She, uh, she played for the women's side. No, no, no. But <laughs> just, she might have been there then. Yeah, who knows? But mm. I was, actually, I think she's back here in camp with the, uh, with the Matildas. Oh, they're playing so Saturday night, aren't they? Yeah, I think her and Nathan uh, cross paths at 27,000 feet. Um uh, but um, yeah, look, Man City. That's a that's a big opportunity missed for for Man City. There's no doubt they went into that game as favourites. But as I said on Friday, I, I just thought the Champions League away game to Copenhagen may have um, taken the, the the edge off, and and I think that was the case. You know, they just didn't seem as sharp as what we're, we're used to seeing. But you know, they're four points uh, behind leaders Liverpool. They've got a game in hand on Liverpool and Arsenal. Um, and Aston Villa just behind them. So, you know, they're still in a great position. And this is, um, we're, we're approaching pep time of the year, um, which is when they, they surge. So uh, Liverpool and Arsenal, beware. And United stay in the top four with their win this morning. Yes, that's right. Um, an important win. Um, Hoyland scored a couple in the first seven minutes. Um, Luton re- responded in the 14th. So all the scoring was done and dusted after 14 minutes um, this morning. Um, but, yeah, an important three points. And, you know, Ten Hag, for whatever people think of him, um, you know, you have to say that he's there's an upward trajectory in, in what he's doing um, at Manchester United. And uh, 
quietly, quietly they're going about their business, and um, you know they've got eyes on on the top four. They're uh, what are they six, seven points um, away from Aston Villa, um, and uh, no, that's that's not right. They're five points uh, shy of Aston Villa, so a big chance of um, sneaking into that top four definitely. But my multi you know, I'm so gutted. The same game. Do you remember what it was? No. No. Liverpool... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Liverpool to win by uh, over two and a half goals. Both teams to score. Yeah. Uh, tick, tick. Um, it was your any Diego time. Jota. Uh, Jota Diego didn't Jota. score, did he? Well, he got injured. So uh, someone fell on his leg and he got yeah. stretched off. So I was pretty gutted because he was playing really well. Set up a fantastic uh, first goal and uh, for Nunes and, um, and then got stretched off. So uh, I'm going to claim that as a mitigating circumstance. You sound like Loz. This is what he does. This is what he does. Yeah, because I'm desperate. Yeah. No, 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 mine's all produced on facts. Well, so well, that was well fact. that's what Mossy's claiming. The same thing. Well, I can't argue against that. Okay. I, no, I never said anything to the contrary. Did the bet win or lose? Well, it lost. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Everton Crystal Palace tomorrow morning. Big game for Everton. They're still got to pull clear in this relegation battle after, of course, they were relegated those points earlier in the season. And more Champions League round of 16 matches this week. And Arsenal have a trip to Porto. They're $1.65 favourites, though. Porto, four seventy five. The draw, three seventy with tab for that one. That's Thursday morning, Mossy. Yeah, how could you buck against Arsenal at the moment? They're, oh. they're um, irresistible. They are in great form. Um, Mikel Artes doing a fantastic job there. They're primed for a, uh, a good shot at the title um, in second spot in the, the Premier League and, and well-placed in the Champions League. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that one. Great week of uh, football coming up. But as you said, Everton, they really need to get a, a move on because they've slipped back into that bottom three, the relegation zone. Thank you, Phil. Have a great week. My pleasure. Stay closed and stay warm and dry, boys. <laughs> See you, buddy. <laughs> Ali Mosley coming up shortly. Just in the UK Super League, Loz, Sam Burgess's first game, just a narrow defeat. 16-10, his Warrington side were beaten by Catalans on the weekend. Yeah, I, look, I'm sure Sam would be encouraged by the fact that they got close um, to Catalans um, while he would have wanted to win. Um, he'd be disappointed. Grand finalists um, from last year. Yeah, Catalans, they were. They're they? a very good side. Yeah. Although they lost a couple of key players. I think it's Sam Tompkins and Mitch Pearce. Mm. Um, no longer in that squad. But, yeah, no, I think that's something to work on for Sam. Warrington will be up there playing finals this year. And uh, I'm sure he'll, you know, wanted to get that first game out of the road. And now he can settle in and start to uh, get the best out of his team. Well, apparently she gave a couple of uh, very long price winners on Friday night there at Canterbury Park. Did Ali Mosley? Good morning, Ali. Oh, hello, Mido. How are you guys this morning? Good, thank you. You're getting some love for those selections on Friday evening at Canterbury. Uh, you can take the praise for that, whilst we also praise Fangirl for the way she won the Apollo so impressively at Randwick on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you don't like to say it, but it was almost winks-like, wasn't it? I mean, hard to compare this early stage. And I know Chris Waller wasn't getting ahead of himself um, in his post-race interview. I think Greg Bradley asked him afterwards, has she come back better? And he said, oh, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. But off that, you'd have to suggest that she has. She looked in super order. I went went and saw her in the stalls before the race and I was chatting to her strapper and she said, oh, she's in a bit of a mood today. I said, oh, is this a good thing or a bad thing? And she said, well, she was in the same mood, sort of a bit of a, you know, a bit of a 
just a bit of a mood, I think is the best way to put it, when she won the King Charles. Mm. So she's obviously just come back in in great order. And I think it's so exciting for us as racing fans to have the next um, champ to watch. Switzerland made it two from two in terms of the golden slipper. Where do you have him rated, Al? Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's funny, I've been talking about it with everyone the last couple of days. He's sort of the talk of the town and I found it really interesting and going away from what Chris had said about Fangirl, he really, I don't know if you guys heard the post-race interview, but he really spruced him. Um, He said he's not even wound down yet. Um, This is only just the beginning. We're only scratching the surface. There's so much to come. It wasn't really even the intention, I think, to to win like he did on the weekend. So... um, I find it really tricky. There's such different horses, and even physically, they're such different horses. He's a little pocket rocket. There's not a great deal of him when you actually go and see him in the flesh. He's um, quite light-framed. He's quite little. Um, similar sort of build to Shinzo. Shinzo's maybe a touch bigger, but just so interesting. Whereas Storm Boy's this big, imposing, just um, furnished horse. And so they're really different. It's hard to line them up, but I tell you what, Chris Waller's got his eye on the golden slipper. So it'll be really interesting. I think I'm still in Storm Boy's camp, um, particularly off that recent trial, but I, I don't think we've even seen the best of Switzerland yet. And just uh, an update on that tab golden slipper market with tab. So Storm Boy's $3, Switzerland into $6. And Shangri-La Express at $9 held its quote, Lady of Camelot 11. Shangri-La Express first up uh, there behind Switzerland. Really stuck on well, though, Ali, because there was a point there when Switzerland sort of went past him that you thought it was, uh, yeah, fought back. And you really thought Mm. Switzerland's going to put a gap on here, but didn't. Yeah, that's. I think that's maybe why people aren't going crazy over the win. It felt as though, you know, we sort of expect now, and particularly what we've seen off, say, the Storm Boys, um, we want them to put a gap on them. But that's not necessarily how Chris Waller trains either. So I think that's something to take into account. It was only the second time we've seen him at the races. He is the most beautiful-natured horse. Um, just kind of cuddles you before the race. He, he was walking around the yard like an old gelding, didn't turn a hair. You almost wanted to fire him up a little bit. Even when he got round to the barriers. I must admit, Al, after that race, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking, yeah. oh, geez, he didn't put a margin on all of them. I think there wasn't a big margin between the first four, was there? You know, And I know that yeah. you know, all you can do is, is win, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm un, I was unsure. But anyway. Yeah, and I, I think, to be honest, James, you know, not having perhaps his definitely locked in on some way in the slipper, I think he sort of wanted to test what was there a little bit. So I'm not even sure that um, he was even meant to be ridden the way that he was. Mm. I, don't, I don't know what the situation was, but it's really interesting. He wasn't wound down, though, so I think that's such yep. an important thing to note. You know, we're really scratching the surface, whereas Storm Boy's got the runs on the board already. So I, I think it's so fascinating. And even a horse like Duvana, I was so taken by him. I thought he was unlucky not to have finished much closer in that race. He didn't see daylight until far too late. He just looked to have plenty to offer. I think the son of Dundee could really be a force to reckon with in some decent later autumn races. What are some of the horses, or is there any horse that you're following out of the meeting? Oh boy, I was sick about Alentia, <laughs> so yeah. I've got to follow her. That was it. That was a tough watch. She got blocked badly and had to push through the smallest of gaps along the rail, and then there was that protest. And I thought, oh, we could be okay here. Um, but it was just game over for her because she'd lost momentum. So I think we've got to follow her. Um, Cascadian, an interesting one. He finished last in the Apollo Stakes and it might have looked on paper underwhelming, but he had zero luck and he went to the line full of running. I think the veteran still retains plenty of dash. 
I was having a chat to Darren Beadman at the races and he said he was going so well last prep that James Cummings was talking about taking him to Hong Kong. So for a stint there, you know, for in their um, international races. So that suggests that they've still, they still think, you know, the old boy's got a lot of life in him. He's a nine-year-old now. So it sounds crazy, but I think I've got to follow Cascadian. Um, and then I thought both unplaced runners, Arctic Glamour and Tiz Invincible, shouldn't have lost any admirers in their up, for their upcoming surround stakes assignments. I think they both drew poorly. Tiz Invincible sprinted, sprinted quickly in the early stages and she just looked to peak a little bit uh, uh, early on her run and then Arctic Glamour became a bit unbalanced in the run but I thought she warmed up late too so some exciting horses to follow out of the weekend as we head deeper into the Autumn Carnival. Burton won the last didn't he? Again. And he Again. did. Uh, yeah, What's that four or five? Yeah he's the yeah. pikey of the east now. <laughs> I swear he does it to us on purpose I think he's playing a trick on us all Bjorn. I think he puts his best chance in the last race and then just um... <laughs> but you know what credit to him as well he'd been at um, a function for the day I think for the ch- I, I don't want to get this wrong the children's charities and they hadn't raised enough funds yet so he donated um, any of his winnings uh, f- for that to top it up oh, so good on, good on him he does he does the right thing old Bjorn and he's, and he's a real character for us all <laughs> certainly is uh, good on you Ali we'll chat later in the week Thanks, guys.